<sighs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Oh, you like how I start every single one with yeah. like a huge mm-hmm. exhale? Yeah. Well, because we're home. Welcome, Welcome home. home. <sighs> Welcome to Evolving Us, episode 12. 12. That's right. 12, right? Oh, it's 12. Wow, it's 12. I can't believe we've been doing this 12 times. Yep, and many more to go. I want to keep doing it. Forever. Forever. And never. How's your morning, Jules? Ooh, pretty good, I would say. How about... Is that an honest answer? Well, I'm trying to think of... That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, my, my morning was... It was actually, I hate using the word busy, but it was really busy because I had to catch up on a lot of things for work, but it was good. Yeah. Feel ya. What about you? Same, same. Very busy, but you know, and I think this is going to go into a little bit of our conversation today. Uh, My autopilot tends to be a little bit frantic. So if I'm not literally stopping myself and shaking myself, I'm sitting at my computer like a psychopath feeling like I'm behind, like no matter what. I understand because I used to be like that too. And I work really hard to not do that, actually. I work hard to not be that. Yeah, no, really, same. And I'm just being completely honest. Like, I I do work really hard to not be that, and I'm not that most of the time. But when I get into the spiral, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say obsessive, but it's just obsessive compulsive. It's kind of like just an old way of being creeping back in. But also, uh, I have such an excitement for life right now. So I think that excitement ends up channeling into my work. And so instead of excitement, it tends to start being like, oh, my God, my list keeps growing, but the things I actually care about don't always get done. So an example of how I decided that that was not happening today um, is I sat down and I did an hour minute, an hour and 30 minute sadhana practice, which is a essentially a spiritual practice. And it's part of my 300 hour training I'm doing right now. And I turned everything off. I said, absolutely not. There's nothing else that's going to happen right now. So that was nice. That's so good because actually when you do less, you get more accomplished. It's it's hard to remember that on that's any right. given day. That's right. I know exactly. It's hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know exactly how that's going to impact me later. So I'm lucky, grateful, and happy that uh, that's what I got to do today besides many other things. Cool. So episode 12. Uh, today we're going to talk about identity. And this is a big thing. That just lives right in the room, right over our shoulders, within us, our hearts, in our lens, the way we view everything, how we interact with it's the world. It's everywhere. Identity. Help. Help. I am. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this because, well, there's just so much to this topic that not only I can relate to as far as like the different identities that I not just live with, but that I play out on a daily basis. Um, but I was, I was really sitting and thinking about this so much and thinking from like the macro all the way to the micro and thinking about, I had this thought mm. and I was like, it's crazy because since the moment you're not even born, since the moment you, your parents well, you have the option to know what gender your baby is, right? So from that moment, you are given an identity, right? And so since before birth, you are defined. And so I just had this really crazy stream of of thoughts around that because I'm like, we have to unlearn everything as adults, from even before we were in this world and the world, we want so many, we want to define everything in order to make sense of what's happening from our emotions to situations. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this because 
I've been having a really great time thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Put your thoughts out into the world. So many thoughts. Uh, Wow. The way you just set that up was so beautiful. Thank Thank you for that. Because we are born into situations that we have no control over. And I also love that you tied it back to like conception because... I think this is, I mean, this is really present for me in the work I'm studying. And I think all of us in our community is that there is consciousness woven through everything. And even before our parents created our, our existence, there was consciousness woven through their relationship, their experience of reality, what was going on at that time, what culture was like, what expectations were given towards them, judgments they had towards themselves, each other, the dynamic of their experience together, their dynamic of their families together, and how that imprint really weaves into the life force energy in which we carry. And so staying with this kind of through line here is that you know, and you don't have to subscribe to this listeners. I love you. Like you can have any belief system you want. And, uh, it's all right, by the way, there isn't any wrong way of looking at this, but, uh, from, you know, the yogic tradition, or at least the tradition that Jules and I are really aligned with buying into is that, um, you know, we're just a little piece of consciousness, a little piece of source, a little piece of God, little piece of the universe that is, uh, decided to be in this life, in this family, in this experience, in this moment. And so, while those imprints of previous generations are not our identity, they still influence that little piece of God. So it's like, okay, you're not your family. You don't owe your family anything. (laughs) Debatable for some of you, I know. (laughs) And then, you know, you're born. So there's this combination happening. It's like the little piece of God combined with the karmic path that you're supposed to walk your dharma what are you here to actually do like what is the point of your existence uh combined with the previous ancestral imprints of uh emotional attunement or connection um and the experience that is passed through several generations to you of how you're raised how you experience reality what you're told what you're not told um just things that are inherently uh inherited into your being and into your life. So um, I thought that was a beautiful way to set that up and and to understand that the identity that we hold in this moment is not just based on this moment. Yeah. And it's kind of like we can play with the words and definitions of the word identity and roles because when you just said that, I thought like, am I playing into an identity that I identify with or a role that I play, right? And then also within that, because these are the three kind of buckets that go hand in hand, in my opinion, as far as terms, like it's also like what archetype am I deciding to play into as well? Um, but but before... Can you define that archetype? Well, actually, that's, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I wanted to first define identity. Okay. Which is... Boom. Let's go. Same train of thought. Good thing we have a podcast together. (laughs) So identity Mm -hmm. is the qualities, beliefs, personality traits, appearance, and or expressions that characterize a person or group. In sociology, identities are strongly associated with role behavior or the collection of group memberships that define the individual. Then there are these big eight socially constructed identities, which are race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, excuse me, ability, religion, slash spirituality, nationality, and socioeconomic status, which these Mm. big eight social constructed identities, I think are a big part of where at least I myself and I think society as a whole, that's where we really function out of. Like we see so much like I am this mixed race, for example, I, Julia, am this mixed race. So therefore, so much of like how I play out and have lived out many situations is like, oh, well, you know, Italians are like super aggressive. So like, that's why we talk like this and it's okay. And then like, Uh, 
my mm-hmm. sexual orientation is straight. And so like, this is how I function within that. And so like, if you put all of these eight together, which by no means do you have to do that or live by it. But if you think societally that we're, you know, conscious beings, humans functioning on this earth, whether you were born in whichever part of the world, all of these different uh, socially constructed identities are perceived differently also. So it's super interesting to think about that. Well, and then you're grouped. Mm -hmm. Like when you, once you identify with one, you're automatically grouped with certain traits and behavior patterns and et cetera, et cetera. It's like incredibly fascinating. Yeah. And then for so long, I think what's the bigger, most fascinating thing about this topic and the role of identity in our life is that we then are attached to this identity and we live by this identity kind of like as if we didn't have a choice, but we do. Which is the interesting (laughs) part because I could say I have this identity because of where I come from. Like the, the race of who I am will, will not be eliminated visually or, um, you know, through the lineage of, of how I am who I am and how I got here. It's like so many different mixes and that's who I am. However, how does that play out in how I view the world and how I act, right? And actually within this, and I don't know that like being a parent is is was one of these eight. I don't think so. But like I, it should, be, should be because I feel like when I became a parent, it was so much like, this is how a mom should act. These are things about, you know, about my childhood that I remember of, you know, that feeling of comfort. And so therefore I operate on this construct of how I should be. Well, I think it's not an identity. I think it's an archetype. See, I see more like mom. Because anyone a, can play the mom I see mom it as archetype. a role. Right. Yeah, role, archetype. I mean, to me, role and archetype mean the same thing. Whereas I think identity is a little bit more part of that eight group that you just right. shared about. But hey, who mm. the fuck's keeping track? And yeah, no. why do we care? Right? Like, these are all different aspects of ourself. And something you said, too, that was really interesting, too, is like this identity of what I play or whatever. A lot of people that are identified with, quote, who they are don't even realize that it's an identity, like a sheath that they're wearing or something that they're doing. They're just doing it and they're saying, this is who I am. Yeah. It's honestly like, I'm just like so excited about this because I'm also reading the book, um, (laughs) How to Do the Work by Nicole LaPerla. And like, Mm -hmm. well, you're going to read it too because I sent it to you. (laughs) Spoiler alert. You have sent me so many books in the last I'm obsessed. three days. I love I'm you. Obsessed. Thank you. Okay. Let's put that out there. Um, but it's an easy Thank read you. and it'll be easy for you too. And I'll tell you why. It's because she brings together a lot of concepts that we already know. And uh, she talks about things that are easy to read because we already know what they are, such as, you know, I'm putting air quotes, the work and just like mind, body, spirit holistic right holistic psychology is is her realm of the author nicola perla and um but there are pieces of her studies that i'm like whoa and she talks a lot about um the identity of our inner child that we are traumatized by and so Mm. anyways i'm not going to talk about that right now but the reason why i really I can't wait for you to read it is because there's so much that I'm like, I wish I could share this with somebody. Nobody understands. <laughs> but girl, I literally am reading like five books right now. I need help, help. But some help. of them are, but I can't wait to read it when the time is some of them here. we've already read. So technically you're just brushing up on some stuff. <laughs> technically. Well, it's kind of like what uh, Charlotte, my mentor said, we, she was a guest lecturer and teacher training this last weekend. And she was basically like literally almost everything is repackaged yoga sutras over and over. So like it all comes from the same source, the same spirit. We're all saying the same thing. Damn God it. damn it. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Dang. But um, it. I didn't mean to go talking about this book that I'm literally like I'm obsessed. But um, 
yeah, there's just so much within this concept of identity that I've been thinking about a lot. And within talking about archetypes, which I would love for you to define over me because, I mean, I learned about archetypes through you. So let's go there. Hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it's it's essentially the, like if you think of a movie or a play, who is what role? So you've got the director behind the scenes and he's whatever, wearing a cap or she and calling shots and doing this and how the director would behave is how the director would behave. Then you've got the main character and they're all about themselves or they're egocentric or whatever and they have this entire character description that explains them. Then you've got the damsel in distress or whatever it is and that person plays out all the character uh, behavioral aspects that that person would play and it's on and on and on. So archetypes are essentially... What is the costume, the hat, the role that we're wearing in each moment? Um, and so that could span from, you know, like the victim or the uptight Karen. <laughs> like that's a good 2020 <laughs> reference uh, of an archetype, you know, a Karen. That's literally an archetype. You're being a Karen right now means you're like being an asshole or like an uptight bitch or privileged white woman. As Did we, you know that, that 2020 um, was two years ago? <laughs> No, I don't even want to think about that. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, oh, it's crazy. And I don't know if anyone, anyone else does this, but like there's this girl that I work with um, at Aloe and she's like amazing and so cute. And I'm like, I wonder how old she is. So I looked at her Instagram and I saw her posting a sweet 21 photo and then it was posted in 2019. So I'm like, oh, 19, 20, 21, 22. I'm like calculating her age. I know you people fucking do that too. So, and she's, I think she's like 24. She's so cute. And I love her so much. She's so amazing. But uh, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day and it's pretty flooring to realize that we have been, we've experienced more change in the last two years, I think, than most of us just globally have in our entire experience of reality. And I love that you brought up this example of someone that you know, and just like that person's age, because within age is also identity. And I was having this I was having yes. this thought process mm. this morning around that too, which was uh, I was talking with someone in the community, I can't remember who, just about how we, you know, we're all kind of giving up drinking overall. And this person was like, yeah, well, and, you know, I'm younger than than you and Ashley. And so, like, I kind of just have to, like, grant myself the grace of knowing that like I, ha- I have my own choices and own experiences, which I completely agree with, by the way. Um, but it made me think about I'm just like a solid 10, 12 years older than a lot of the gals in this community. And I so easily pulled myself out of what like the significant there's no significance there because like I think you, for example, mm-hmm. are a super wise soul and it's like ages it literally is just a number. And then I went into this whole thought process like, yeah, I may be this age, which I'm not going to disclose what my age is right now. <laughs> but <laughs> but I was thinking like, yeah, but I'm like the healthiest I've ever been in my entire life. I'm also like the most like in tune with like who I am, which a lot of people might never even reach no matter what age you are. So like I just had this like thought mm-hmm. process around that too. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, age is age is totally one hundred percent an archetype. It's one hundred percent something that gives you an identity of this is what the person this age is supposed to do and this age you know is supposed to act. And so, just to circle it back to the archetype conversation that um, you know, in the olden times, you had like the jester, the joker, the peasant, the queen, and all of these different things. That's kind of where this came from. This concept came from. Um, and so nowadays, like we said, we have a we have a Karen, we've got, you know, people that are really bougie, we've got like hipsters, we've got jocks, we've you know, it just kind of spans across all these different behavior types. But once you kind of have one that's locked in, because what you said in the beginning, Jules, when you said, Oh, as humans, we like to we like to have answers. We like to have information and explanation. If you can identify with one of these archetypes, all of a sudden it gives you something that you can cling to. And it gives you the expectation of what your behavior should or shouldn't look like based on how you show up in the world. And it's funny because 
actually Chad was saying this to me the other day. I think it was when we were driving home from uh, Santa Barbara uh, for Thanksgiving. And uh, he was like, you know, it's so interesting because like I'm in tech, you know, I'm a UX designer and blah, blah, blah. I've been doing that for a really long time, but I'm also like a surfer. And then I'm also like a super nerd because I'm obsessed with astrophotography and I teach myself how to play classical piano every day. And none of those things fit in one identity. And I think what he was trying to share by that is this, that like, I think he previously was trying to fit himself into a role of like, this is who I am when it's like, when we really follow our passions and our hearts in the way that he's doing it with the things he loves, it's it, it teaches us so much about ourselves being infinite beings versus closing in on one specific experience. And I'm having a lot of this even come up for me right now um, of identity because my work is shifting so much and I can feel it inside of me just like outgrowing the way I used to teach and lead. And it's it's intense because I remember what I'm drawn towards right now. I used to be... <laughs> kind of repulsed by like I used to be like oh I'm never going to be this type of teacher I'm never going to be into this type of thing and now I'm in a space where it's becoming really intriguing to me to uh, lean in and and I think without the information around identity and archetypes and roles and and a non-attachment to being able being willing to change and let that identity shift because you're connected to who you are who your soul is you can ebb and flow and lean into these things and grow. But I don't think I would allow that previously because of my attachment to who I am or what role I'm supposed to play. And I gave that up really early on. Like I dropped out of I was at SMC and I was like, I don't want to fucking be here anymore because they're telling me to pick a major. I don't know what that major is. I don't know if I'm going to even give a shit about that later. And it felt so shackling. And I remember... I was I was like I had like a 4.0 for the first time in my life. I was in honors society. I was like totally crushing it, but I looked around and I was feeling empty and I was like, "You know what? What I'm doing outside of this, which was the work with my dad's ex, was so much more meaningful than sitting in a classroom learning from a book." So instead of me identifying with forcing myself to do that because everyone else said that that was what I was supposed to do and that's what you need to do to be successful, I just let my heart lead. And I was like, fuck it. And thank God I had people in my life that supported that because now it's like I'm literally running a massive business <laughs> and massive to my standard. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's crazy because like you kind of, not you specifically, but we as people feel like we have to stick to the parameters of what we think this identity means. And so then we kind of like make decisions in our life that are based off of things that aren't even what we want or what we, I mean, we choose it because we make the choice to pursue something, whether it's lack of getting additional information or not. But it's crazy because we function, so many people function on the basis of this is just who I am. I'm a blank, whatever, mm-hmm. job title. Or 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 behavior, or behavior, you know, like they get angry about something. This is just who I am and this pisses me mm-hmm. off or this makes me act this way. And then they're totally yeah. powerless. They're empowering the archetype, the role, the identity and disempowering themselves to make a different choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> When you said that, mm-hmm. I don't know why I got Whoa. this flash in my brain of like, oh, you know, when you, for example, when you get married, it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a wife now. So it's like from one moment to the next, you're like shifted into somebody else, but you're not because you're, or you could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, there's this expectation almost to be like, the way I see all of the identities and uh, so much is, you know, we need definitions, right? Like, it's obvious that's how we create language and communication and how we like essentially have fit into the world. Right. And it's like, I'm not saying that identity is wrong by any means, but I think what do we make of it and how strongly do we cling on to that as the significance of what we bring to the world is like the bigger um, question. Not, it's not an issue. It's a question because it's like, okay, whether it's from, and we don't even know what these identities mean to us until we choose. So like, for example, 
or like or question, question them, them right? right you're like like the example i just gave like you get married and then from literally from one moment to the next now you're you were you know not single but then you become a wife all of a sudden or like you give birth and you become a mother or you get a promotion and become a ceo whatever all of these things that it's like it feels so monumental but you're the same person and so what what traits are you bringing to the table that are value add or that are, you know, ego driven because of this identity and title that you are now embodying? And like, what opportunity do you have to show up differently actually with this new title that you're taking on or identity or role or all of the above? And instead of making it a badge of honor, making it a means to improve your your purpose, which I'm going to lose people there because whoops, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I love that. And that makes so much sense because it's like, you know, so many people are like, I wish that, you know, I could create a startup and sell it for a hundred million dollars, or I wish that I could be famous or I would, you know, like they have these big astronomical goals that they think once they reach that identity, that, uh, everything will Mm -hmm. be better. But, um, I mean, I know a lot of people that have reached all of those things and have looked at me with helpless eyes saying like, can you help me find a meditation practice? Can you coach me or like help me find meaning because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing up here anymore. And you would think that that would be the goal. But when you identify with that being the goal and that's like your sole purpose, once you get there, you realize there's there's literally nothing there. If the foundation isn't built, if the essence of who you are is not deeply connected with your soul and spirit. And it doesn't mean that every single person needs to be spiritual or religious or like buy into some higher power, but you do need to be connected with your value system. You do need to be connected with your contribution. What are you here to give the world? And when you're connected to your vision and your contribution, all of the roles you play in your lifetime become just consistent bonuses to this beautiful experience that we all get to have. Yeah, and actually I wonder how much... I mean, I think the majority of people use their identity as an excuse for their behaviors is actually what Mm -hmm. is, you know, the core of this conversation for me, because I think that so many times I use the excuse, oh, it's because I'm a mom, right? Like, this is like the one that is like the the biggest for me that is was like my biggest identity excuse excuser um i was like oh it's because i'm a mom oh like blah blah, blah. like mm. it, like that identity i think you should give yourself a little more credit well, but, because you're now current me is fine i'm fine everything's fine but yes. what i'm well yes at times there's we swing in and out of it you know but giving yourself credit that to not identify with one thing and just identify with your essence is really hard to do a hundred percent of the time. Yes. And what I was uh, trying to convey with that uh, example is that I think that when I became a mom, I embodied that identity in a way that didn't serve me because I saw it as a crutch in the sense that like my life was over, I couldn't do anything. Right. And then, you know, obviously I I figured so many things out that are way different now. And I don't, I don't view motherhood or parenthood as a crutch. And actually, you know, I, I just view my identity as a mom way different than yesterday, than 10 years ago when, wow, 10 years ago. Whoa. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that when I had my first daughter, um, but I think what what I'm trying what I was trying to convey is that when I hit that specific identity in my life, or at least that's the most recent one that I can think of that was difficult for me, um, I had a hard time detaching from the identity and not creating the excuses in order to pursue things that did make me happy in the essence of who I am and pursuing the purpose of why I'm here, regardless of being a mom, a wife, a friend, a daughter, what else am I? I'm so many things, right? Like I'm not limited to my identity or my purpose because of that title. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at is that um, 
how do we use our, our identity to our own demise and just like see it as like the end all be all encompassing definition of who we are when it's not. (laughs) Yeah. But again, it goes back to this, just the humanism Mm -hmm. of wanting answers, wanting to have something that we are like, this is who I am. This is how I am. And it's even walking the path of really being conscious and aware in your life is also an identity. Like I'm not the person that shuts down when, or I'm the person that always takes care of myself when, and even that can become an addiction, you know, an addiction. Um, so <laughs> here we are on the wheel of suffering yet oh, again. Boy. <laughs> oh boy. But here's the good news. No one has it figured out. Right. No one. No one has it figured out. Well, you know what's interesting about that statement is that, and just when you were talking about like reaching a goal of like, you know, starting a startup and selling it, blah, 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 all those dreams that people have. And I say blah, 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 because it's not about, you know, the goal, it's about the journey. And it's so interesting to me that, yeah, I mean, there's just so many layers to this for me that I think it's impossible to think that you'll ever have it figured out because that's what life is. You're figuring it out. You're, I don't know what it is, but just like living for what your purpose is. Like to me, that's what it is. And what are we figuring out? I don't know. We're all just being, I don't know. That's the way I see it. We're not being, we're doing right. And then we want to just be, we want to just be, but it's so challenging to just get over our own, stuff in order to get to that place where like the resting, the neutral is something that is much easier and more tangible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think perception is reality though. And I think that for me, I personally, I don't know. There's so many aspects of day-to-day life where we're doing so many things, the doing, doing, doing that, to me, consciousness and awareness is like, I'm not so focused on how much am I doing, but like how much more can I just be, you know? And, and I think that the doing is, is a disease of our time, (laughs) you know, (laughs) doing is a disease. That's a great tagline, but however, yes. And, and what are we identifying when we're doing? Is it that I will be enough if I achieve X or I will, not feel stressed if I do why or like there's some sort of not enoughness I think that comes with doing because of the what our society puts on us so we're buying into that identity and instead of saying I'm this person we say I'm that person and we allow that to be the thing that runs and pushes our behavior versus coming from the inside you know like when we separate from identity we connect with source and then we realize there is no right and wrong and we can kind of show up without the expectation of that doing this. And now I know there's a really fine line between three-dimensional reality, like what the material world expects of us. Like we have to wake up. We do have to make money and pay our bills and feed ourselves. Like we have to be participating humans mm-hmm. of society. But like you said, is it are we participating in dis-ease, disease, or are we participating in being an influence in the space that you don't have to box yourself in? Like, I can be an example of that. I can show up in trying new things and experimenting in different reaction responses. I can practice this type of meditation today and this type tomorrow and allow myself to change with the seasons of my life instead of saying like, this is who I am and this is it. And um, I'm not picking any bones today, but uh, I think religion makes it really hard for people to get out of that box because when you identify as a Catholic or identify as a Christian or identify as a Jew, it's like you already give, are given a subset of rules of how to behave. You don't ask questions. You're told that this is what you're supposed to do and this is what you're not supposed to do because this is how it's always been since the beginning of time and since the Bible is written or the you know all of these different texts. And so it doesn't really give you a chance to explore your own relationship with who you actually are. Yeah, and then within that, it's like if you are a good Christian, this is what you're doing. And mm-hmm. and it's not – you don't have a lot of options. It's very limiting, right? And so 
you then not only are driving your life to go towards a foundation that is 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 a lot of it is very extreme but you're also identifying with good or bad and there's nothing in between and so you're also yes. leading a life that you're punishing yourself if you're not abiding by these rules and showing up in a way that is very rigorous because there's very little room for error. And then if you're not being good, then that means you're being bad. And if you're being bad, then you suck. And if you suck, then you better be, you know, asking them for all the Hail Marys and all the everything else. And I'm not specifically, this is just the religion I grew up with. So it's just so easy to bring up these things. Not that I have anything against, you know, Christianity or Catholicism, you know, but these are tangible examples of extremes that then become even more extreme. And then inside we suffer even more because we have so many rules to follow that are not even an identity that we necessarily can associate with. So, um, or like we didn't, maybe we didn't, didn't choose, we didn't choose well, it. You we, know, it was chosen well, we chose for it. us. We keep, well, if you keep doing it, you keep yes, choosing yes. it. But then it's kind of like that same concept of you don't know what you don't know and you're doing the best you can with what you've got. If you've only been in this specific household and, you know, like you always went to church on Sunday, what if you even went to like a private school that was, you know, religious? And so it's like, how could someone possibly know that they have other options to function with or upon and different standards and so many different options until they are told or given the option otherwise usually through society or, you know, school, going to college or whatever. These, are, But then again, these are not typical paths that everyone mm. has to choose, right? But anyways. Well, yes. And yes, we all have choice. But I just mean, I think more so of like, maybe you didn't have the option to see the options and decide which one. So we, we're on the same page on that. And also, it's not to say that any of these things are bad because some of these things are the only way that people connect with anything bigger yeah. than themselves. Granted. However, like, nothing in this world is black and yeah. white. Nothing in this world is that simple. So to get these beautiful pieces of information that give us a range as to how we want to show up and then permission to show up differently a different day is really what detaching from our said identity mm -hmm. means is like, I'm not going to choose to, I'm, I, I have the opportunity to choose how to show up in this moment. I can explore something that piques my interest, even if it doesn't fit in the box of who I am. I am a different age range or demographic than everyone else in this room. However, I'm interested in being in this room. For example, you know, we did, we talk about Deb a lot on this podcast and I know she's listening, but she's the most badass. She brings so much to the table and she's older than a lot of the people in the room, but she has so much wisdom. She doesn't give a flying fuck that she's the oldest person in the room. She gets so much nourishment from our community and our space and adds so much value. And it's such a beautiful relationship that we have with her. And she's a insanely successful interior designer with a huge business and a storefront and all these things. And like the demographic of her identity or life is very different to a lot of the other people in our space. However, she is not using that to limit or block her enrichment of her life based on where she puts herself. And I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Anyway, so yeah, I want to also, <laughs> I know that there's not always archetypes or identity names for some of the things that we see as well in people that we love that are suffering. Like I think you and I navigate this with both of our mothers a lot. Um, Like I love my mom. However, she identifies with this like victim person and that's who she always is. And I can usually pretty much always count on her to show up that way. Like she's been through a lot of spiritual psychology courses and has a lot of degrees, but she only uses it when it's convenient for her. You know, like she'll be a total dick and 
say really negative, nasty things and then blame other people for her emotions. And then when someone communicates their emotions to her, she's like, I could never disrupt your life. Like she'll use this like holy (laughs) spiritual thing against you. And so I want to see her grow. However, I know that until she loses this scarcity mentality, identity of everyone hurts me, no one prioritizes me, uh, I'm not liked, uh, I'm too old for any of this or blah, 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 whatever it is, she's never going to actually see the fruits. And maybe she is seeing the fruits in her own way. Let me correct myself. Like, shit, maybe she's happy with the way her life is. I mean, I most of the time when inter- I interact with her, I see her in a lot of pain and she conveys that to me. But I know that that pain is simply coming from a place of the inability to detach from the identity that she's created for herself. And it's very saddening from the outside. Yeah. Um, I relate to a lot of that with my own uh, mom. And I think that, yeah, like, and and it's not interesting because I think it's obvious actually that like for me, one of my biggest triggers is like, when even my kids play like the the victim role, I'm like, oh God, I just, I, I hate it, uh, right? Like, <laughs> but it does. Yeah, you're like, you're so empowered. Yeah. And so it does come from like, I'm just noticing so many patterns within my mom and my relationship with her and so many things that you already mentioned too about your own relationship with your mom that I'm like, I just feel it when she's like, you know, playing out certain scenarios and I just feel my level of um, not just trigger, but intolerance rise. And I'm just like, here we go. Because it's like, how could I expect anything different? You know, like I, I shouldn't expect that because I can only change myself. So um, overall, it's, it's really hard to watch people you love. So like, not just my mom, but people you love play within or play within the the limits of an identity to me that is like the hardest thing and and I'm sure I do it too like hello I'm not exempt from this right but I think that it none of us are baby (laughs) yes I would like to just highlight that um but the overall aspect that is like really I think interesting and also comes up for me within the dynamic of relationships, uh, not just family relationships, but any type of, you know, interactions that we have is just being able to identify. Obviously, it's so easy to identify in others what what's playing out versus, you know, when we're going through it ourselves. But it is hard sometimes for me, when I see, you know, my mom playing out that victim card. um, And I'm like, ugh. It's just, I'm like, I just have to really ground myself to not react. Because literally every time I see her or I call her, how are you? Even via text, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy and work is just so crazy. And I am I found myself for some time, I had to catch myself. I realized that that would be my response for the longest time. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because you were taking right. hers and on. So, and at least you're checking in with yourself on that trigger. You know, I think that's the most important part is when we're triggered, yeah. it's ours. It's not even theirs. And they could just be in the space that they're in. And it really doesn't have meaning. It's when we feel triggered by it. And the only reason we feel triggered by it is because we're afraid of becoming it or we have already become it, <laughs> like you just said. And we have to catch ourselves in that, you know, of like, what path do I want to walk in this moment? <laughs> and I think that underlying conversation doesn't always happen when it's so easy to identify other people's behaviors or other people's identification or their archetypes or their roles that they're playing. We can say it all day like, oh yeah, I see you doing that or I see them doing that. But really what it is is how are we showing up in the presence of that? Because we're not, that's not our experience. Yeah. It's, it's wild though, because The identity could be like your superpower or it could be like completely disabling you in your life. And you like don't even realize that it could be so simple as to like not identify with a role and take it on as like the sole option that you have and that your sole, you know, modus operandi. It's like, 
I think that's the biggest area of opportunity for people that, yeah, like I'm a mom. I wear that badge with so much honor and, and it's fucking hard and blah, 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 the whole list of things. But then at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not that like, that's not just me. Right. And I'm not. Yeah. Exactly. So much more. And that's, that's what so I think much it more. is for people. It's like they, they have these roles and they don't even consider operating in any other way because it's so familiar. And actually within the book that I'm reading how to, of how to do the work, <laughs> she talks about how, and, and this is actually a concept that we read also in Atomic Habits about, um, well, she talks about in evolution, how essentially like we have a routine and like, we're just so, our brain is just so used to that, right? Like our, we subconsciously breathe and we subconsciously can do so many things, right? And and that's just how we are wired through evolution, through being, you know, humans on this planet. But then to create a new direction or a new choice, it takes so much more work that actually as humans, we're not ingrained to do that. And until recently, we thought that people could only like, their brain would only develop until they were like 20 years old. And then we realize about like neuroplasticity. And so it's like, just knowing the options that we all have to like have more information about how we can actually function, but not just function, but thrive. It's like, mm. why are more people like not curious? And the answer is because you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, until you know. <laughs> and identity. And, and, and right? hashtag identity. I'm, they're playing that yeah. role. So <laughs> if they're playing that role, then that's what they know. And that's their modus operandi, right? And our modus operandi, because we're all doing it at some level. And it's sometimes when I think about, for example, we're in the world of growth and leadership and expansion and personal development and yoga and all that other yummy stuff too. But when I think about the people that have grown the most in our community, in our space, they're people that have believed that they are not their identity. Like people that have decided, I believe that I could be better or I could be different than what I've been, you know, like Sometimes they'll come in and spin their wheels. We'll we'll go in, you know, and just spin our wheels, spin our wheels, spin our wheels. And then it's like either you have to break through that spinning the wheel cycle of I identify as this person who was hurt because of this. Uh, my parents did this to me, blah, 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 blah. And they identify with that role so much that they can't even feel the opportunity to grow from it or grow through it because that's what they're holding. And so you have to believe that things could be different for you. I actually, I totally agree with what you just said. And just thinking about some people that have literally like shattered through the mold of where they were when they began working mm -hmm. with us being in the community and then continuously showing up for themselves. I think they broke through the limits of the identity that they played when they actually found healing. And so- mm -hmm. 100%. Like the first person that comes to mind when I talk about this is Coco. And I actually was just like mm. playing in my head kind of like her evolution and her growth. And it's like, man, she worked so hard to live a different identity and to really yeah, not just be a survivor of a situation, but really embrace who she is today. And do whatever the fuck it mm -hmm. took to get that, you know, like she took our entire first teacher training on Zoom from Minnesota and she didn't even care what it looked like. She was going to make it happen no matter what. And every opportunity she has to fly out, she like makes it work and, you know, shifted her job because it was not aligned with her anymore and then started to create deeper connections even when she felt scared or nervous or anxious. And it's just truly powerful yeah it's, it's insane. truly <laughs> because the life she was set up to live was just so different to what it is now if she had not made those mm -hmm. recent changes i'm getting chills because just thinking about like you know when she came to visit her and how she like 
was just so curious and hungry for the work. Like she came to every single in-person retreat. She was just always there, you know, and it's like, she's just such a different person. And I can say that about so many people now, like there's, People have like literally transformed and chosen a different path and chosen to not accept mediocrity of an identity that they knew for so long and, you know, just decided to make a different choice by dedicating themselves to heal and to grow in a way that they had never experienced before. So many people have transformed. Like yeah. completely. I can't I can't say enough. Like even just scanning my brain, I can't say enough. And I think a lot of it does just come down to the subject of this podcast. There's a lot of other aspects and things that really contribute as well. Uh, but that's, I think, the main one is uh, releasing the shackles of what you think you are, who you think you are, and what you're supposed to be doing in this life to leaning into just what is and being. Just being... Like unraveling, unwinding all those stories, all those preconceived notions, all those expectations and just being. Yeah. And like just being doesn't mean just like sitting there. (laughs) By the way, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Skirt, skirt. I think that does it for today. That was wonderful. Thanks for the idea on this topic. Yeah. Thank you for... uh existing (laughs) babe you killed it mommy no you no you no you You guys everybody just so you know you have to be weird okay (laughs) just embrace that identity you gotta have fun gotta just play life Mm -hmm. is about play it is a play we're just acting in it the truth shit all right well like share subscribe if you like this episode guys make sure that you send this to your people that you know would benefit from it i know there's someone you were thinking of during this episode and if you don't want to tell them we'll tell them tell them (laughs) tell them if you're in the la area guys we have live in-person classes now Uh, If you want to move your body with us. And then, of course, we have our online membership. Uh, Mentorship round one is killing it. Uh, Round two starts all the way in May. So you got to wait a little bit. But however, we do also have woman lineage coming up March 5th and 6th, by the way, guys. And that is um, a woman's two-day local retreat in Santa Monica. And it's on generational trauma, inherited ancestral wounds and uh healing through working through some of that so if you want to talk about identity shit that's where we're gonna do it oh nelly (laughs) i know it's gonna be a good one deep deep uh you guys can check out the information online otherwise we'll see you soon and uh thank you i love you so much bye guys okay bye everyone